under five days to the NHL trade deadline. And so far, our most exciting trade is Matt Chapman to the Toronto Blue Jays. In our defense, it's a very exciting trade. It's just not a hockey one. <laughs> that is an issue. But Jason Bukala is going to change all of that. <laughs> Jason, uh, you got I'll, something I'll for do, us? I'll do my best. Anything at all? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm leaving it into uh, the insiders and, you know, float out the uh, rumors and the speculation. For me, it's just uh, here in the support role. So I'll do my very best for it. Nice. All right. So let's, from the names that we know that are out there with some suggesting where the Leafs need help, you know, if, if you were one of the scouts, the recommendation would be first and foremost, uh, someone to play for, play with Tavares on the second unit on the blue line. What are your thoughts about uh, what, what Kyle Dubas is thinking right now? Honestly, I think they have to address the back end as a priority. I know last night was a it was a it was a nice night on the between the pipes, and they got some saves. But having said that, um, I think that we still have to look at beefing up some uh, some depth on the back end. And there's some some veteran guys out there that might come in at a at a price tag that works with uh, their salary cap situation, and uh, and actually one younger name out of San Jose that uh, that I think would be a, a good target as well. Sorry, is there the specific is there a specific name out of San Jose you like? I like Jacob Middleton, guys. You do? Okay. He's uh, 26 years old. He's come on this year. He's a full-time NHL player now. I'm playing with Carlson and Burns. True shutdown, simple, two-way D. Big, heavy, strong. This is a guy that uh, can complement some of those guys on the back end that are more conventional, you know, puck movers slash puck rushers. The one thing with them is that at 725, his AAV makes a lot of sense. I'm wondering if San Jose would be leaning towards re-signing him. One of the other things, Kipper, you might uh, be more familiar with this, but He's he's one of those group six potential free agents, guys that have played less than 80 games at the NHL level who become UFAs at the end of the year. If he goes over 80 games, he's an RFA. So there's a little bit of strategy involved in acquiring the player because I think that's a body you want to keep long-term. Is this someone that... uh... San Jose feels like if there's enough takers, we could uh, we could potentially get a a second round pick. Like, how expensive would he be? Well, word on the street is that's exactly what it's going to take at least a second round pick and potentially a prospect as well. And as we all know, if we're looking at this year's draft, the Leafs' currency in terms of picks is pretty limited. So, I don't know if that's what they want to do this year, but. Let's be honest. They got to be all in. I think right now uh, with the group they have, and they'll, they'll worry about the draft later. So, I think it's going to take a second round pick and potentially a prospect as well. You know, it's interesting looking at the the Leafs D situation because they've played the third pair, like a, I would say, a, not a conventional third pair of Sandine and Lilligren or 
Dermot and Lilligren, or whatever the combination is of those three names, Sandine, Lilligren, and Dermot, which has been unusual. What do you make of the development path of, of a guy like Timothy Lilligren? Um, you know, he, he's been given a great opportunity and is a source of much uh, different opinion, I would say, in Leafs Nation. Where are you and what he is and can be and, and what the Leafs need this season there? And be positive, unlike JB's uh, That's right. analysis yeah. of uh, <laughs> Lilligren. Uh I wish I could be more positive. Uh, unfortunately, can't be extremely positive. His trajectory has been slow to arrive. When he was a prospect, we were looking at a player that could potentially come in as a transitional type of defender, might not put up a ton of offense, but could transport the puck, jump into the rush as an extra layer. Um, but the big concern of the whole time was how smart he would be implementing his style at the NHL level. When you're looking at him being on your bottom pairing come playoff time and you're matching up, uh, especially on the road, because it looks like they're going to have a road series to start, you're going to be matched up against some pretty heavyweight players up front in Tampa, Carolina, maybe Florida. Um, I think that they have to upgrade that that slot. I don't think he fits that type of slot come playoff time. Um, I think they'll be looking for something more than that. Jason, I want to ask uh, in terms of Nick Robertson and uh, what, 16, 18 months ago, almost an untu- uh, untouchable prospect for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Is he their number one chip to dangle out there? And where has the drop-off been uh, for Nick in your opinion? Well, the character player that I, I think we all know the background. I had to work for absolutely everything in his entire hockey career. He was, he was born premature. He's on the small side. He's endured injuries at every level he's played at. I watched him, especially last night a little bit. I like his explosiveness of space. I think it's better now. His offensive upside is definitely his element. He's their best chip, guys, in terms of, I think, value out there. Other teams will value him more than others in their uh, roster pool, their prospect pool, pardon me. Um, so he's, he's definitely one of those guys that could project to be in a, a top nine for another team, play on your first or second power play unit. I'm just not sure he's an elite top six, and that might hold some teams back depending on what they're sending the other way. You know, I'm looking around the uh, the league and trying to find good fits for the Leafs in different spots, and, you know, that's part of what we're doing here in this show as we lead up to the deadline. Um, a name that, you know, I'm interested in is Nick Paul in Ottawa. Um, you know, I'm sure it may not come cheap. What are your thoughts on him? You know, not huge numbers, 25 years old, but seems like a pretty big guy. You win some puck battles. What are your thoughts on Nick Paul? Well, I'm in the middle of your life, but is going to play 200 games. Did we lose him? Different things for your team. I think he's a sound target. If you're looking to have somebody who's going to scoring, he's a for that. All right, we're going to see if we can get him back. Uh, bad connection. I think uh, the string between our cans uh, <laughs> got cut. <laughs> Sammy. Can we get Nick Paul? You like Nick, Nick Paul? I do. Okay. You know who's been that type of player for the Blues is Brown. They got from Ottawa. 
Oh, yeah? Uh, you like him? Yeah, big guy, mm-hmm. strong guy. All right, Jason, uh, we got Jason back? I'm back here, fellas. Hey, Sorry, you know, no, no problem at all. No problem. Uh, you want to pick up your thought where you left off? Yeah, I think that, uh, again, if we're still talking about Nick, I mean, big body, deep in your lineup, lean on opponents, win some key face-offs, kill some penalties, and uh, create a different look in your group. So mm. that would be a positive addition. What the cost is, not sure. He's going to need a contract at the end of the year. Um, but that's that's a sound target. As far as the big fish out there, uh, Chikrin, uh, Lindholm seem to be the biggest names on the blue line. Um, doesn't appear like Arizona is backing off what they want and I think probably could easily take it to the draft. But are those pieces well worth uh, giving up uh, a good portion of maybe your future short term? Well, of course, Chickering's under control, and that's a that's a foundational piece. This is a guy that's not just going to be a one-trick pony. He can play the game a variety of ways. So that's a that's a sound target. I think that you invest in that. It's going to cost you something going the other way, but that adds to the depth of your group. And I think that that would uh, be a sound top three, top four pairing, trending to be your top pairing defenseman for several years. Um, in Lindholm, you know, you're getting a guy who's uh, eating a lot of minutes, plays the game a variety of ways, um, active, you know, veteran presence. That Obviously, it's an upgrade. All these upgrades are going to cost a lot, and it's just going to depend where they're at with their, with their scenario in relation to the cap. But clearly, those two players, if they were to jump into a Leaf uniform today, they're jumping into a... 20 plus minute a night role and playing the game in all three zones, which is going to provide exceptional value. Jason, you were with uh, the Florida Panthers for about a decade there from uh, 11, 12 until 20. Um, You know, what are your thoughts on where they're at and how the Leafs would stack up against that team? You know, we were trying to find teams that the Leafs would would, uh, fare well against in the first round. What do you think about the matchup uh, for the Leafs there? I think it's a, Tough matchup for Toronto, but I'm going to preface it by saying that what have you done for me lately in Florida, right? Like, they, they haven't shown that they can win a playoff round yet. Right. Clearly, they look like they're poised to do so this year. I did see that Vetrano got traded today to the Rangers, and that moves out a couple of more million dollars in cap for them. So they're going to be active on trying to add a defenseman like a chicken on the back end as well. And if that does happen, now the Leafs are going to have not only their hands full with the Barkovs of the world and, and the depth they have up front, but on the back end, the forward group in Toronto is going to have a harder time uh, handling the, the weight of some of those D. Gudas plays harder playoffs. Um, you know, Ekblad and Uyghur. Uyghur's vastly underrated. This guy's a warrior. If they add another defenseman, a ticker and a, a Lindholm, anybody like that, it's gonna it's gonna be a tough matchup. But I will say this: I think the wild cards between the pipes, and I know we've been talking about that in Toronto recently. I still think that that's a wild card in Florida as well. Mm-hmm. You know, Bob's got to be Vesna type Bobrovsky, and not um, the other one that we've seen on occasion. But I will say this: if those two teams ever play each other. 
it's going to be a high event series. It'll, <laughs> it'll be a track meet. It'll be entertaining. One more, Jason, before I let you go, uh, just in terms of the scouts and the pressure on you guys this time of year to uh, get it right. Uh, what's the hardest thing to evaluate when making a trade and making those recommendations to your general manager? Well, generally speaking, the general manager and the coach and, you know, the people that are in the office every day, they have a pretty clear-cut vision on what they're trying to achieve. Our role is to produce a list of players that accommodate their ask, and then the cap all just go to work from there. So the pressure is definitely there. We're, we're, we're like everybody else. We want to win. We want to win now. And especially if we've been creating a, a roster for a period of time. So the pressure is there to give the right recommendation. But ultimately, uh, at this time of year, the list is pretty small. And it's, um, it's really up to the general manager to, to cherry pick off the list that you provide. Well, we look forward to your work uh, with Sportsnet. Uh, thanks for doing this, Jason. Anytime, guys. Take care. Thank Appreciate you. it. Thanks. Jason Bukala former director of amateur scouting for Florida. Yeah, he'll be on the trade deadline show. He's going to be a part of the Sportsnet machine now. This guy's been doing it in the NHL for 20 years. Lots of info and lots of players. Wonder, kind of, wonder who the scout was last last trade deadline for Nick Foligno in a fourth. <laughs> I don't know. Right? I don't know. A first and a fourth. I mean, and we know Nick was one of those guys that we thought could come in and, and add a ton of character. It just it didn't work out. And that's the danger mm. is that you go out and get a guy, especially a rental, at that price. And that's I, I don't think Kyle can make that same mistake again. No. No matter how much pressure he thinks is on him, on himself to to provide a second round or a third round showing. There's just so much drama behind the scenes when it comes to the stuff he's talking about. Like, you're a scout, and you can't pursue players in your own vision, which is why guys want to bring in their own people. But if you get a new GM who says, here's the way we want to do it, you know, you might be looking for guys that aren't to your own taste, right? You're, you're scouting for on behalf of the team. So part of the vision is, or the issue is, as a scout is getting the GM to see what you see in players and trying to sell guys the same way analytics guys are trying to sell it to the GM and the GM's got to, you know, at the end of the day, he's one guy and got to take all these different opinions and say, okay, well, here's what I think. And sometimes it, it's not a very cohesive vision and things don't work. And sometimes too many cooks spoil the broth. So not easy. Not easy. Went to the game last night. I'll pay you guys a little bit of a compliment because, uh, you know, even before the pandemic, uh, when I left Sportsnet, people were always like, you know, love John. Hockey Central at noon and Hockey Night in Canada. And last night I got a few loving real Kipper and Born. Okay. Hey, now. We're making headway. Yep. That's what we like to hear. <laughs> yeah. I even had one Uh-oh. from afar, Sammy. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, I've created a monster. <laughs> He's a cult hero. Oh, God. Hey. Oh, I love it. I love that. That makes me very happy. Yes. I'll sell strap on Sammy Beards for yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a couple of things uh, some uh, on news and notes. Before we get to Ovechkin uh, holding his third spot now uh, oh, yeah. in goal scoring history, 
you had mentioned to me prior to the show that there's a a website out there that will tell us the probability of the Leafs' first round. Yeah, HockeyViz.com. So My boy, that's, Michael Blake McCurdy. At, at roughly 20 games left in the season, we are now putting a percentage on who the Leafs are going to play in the first round. Yeah, and so that's not like just guesswork it's based on winning percentages of like who teams have left you know tampa is a very good team they look at their schedule home and away the likelihood they win those games it's a whole math equation i would i was told there'd be no math <laughs> you will not have to do any okay, good but good, someone good, has good. done math okay, on great. our behalf so would you like the results the tampa bay lightning are the most likely opponent for the toronto maple leafs oh tampa bay <laughs> <laughs> so 32 percent chance you you brought that up before we went on air and Sammy says, ah, I don't care about that. And then you said Tampa Bay, and he goes, oh, that's brutal. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. I don't care what I don't the equation care. said. And oh, then here's Tampa. Tampa. is like, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Anyone but Tampa. HockeyViz.com is 32% from is Tampa Bay, 25% chance it's Florida, 21% chance it's Boston, and then 10% it's Washington, which I imagine is if Toronto wins the division. You, you want to win the cup. You got to go through those teams anyway. So what's it matter if it's the first or the third round? Like, no, it's the first. Hate that <laughs> the, first the first round is the Stanley Cup here. A month and a half of pure enjoyment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, just the entire thing I base my sporting fandom yeah, on. Yeah, I don't Getting know. to watch them. I, there is the only thing with Tampa is that you think, oh, they've won two cups in a row. There's a ton. They know three is really hard. Touch of complacency, blah blah blah. That's the only thing. You can, that's the only thing you can sell yourself on. But there's just no chance because they're so good. They're a bunch of killers. The Vasilevsky's only thing is the like, best goalie in the league. Like I don't know. What is Tanya Harding, uh, him a little, or something? Yeah, like, 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 without being. He's gonna he's gonna break a leg or something. That's the only chance. Well, like, yeah, because the backup's Elliot. You yeah. know, they they are depending on him to win another 16 playoff games, which that, is. I just what, you know, you can see the recipe with the other teams. Like, got uh, a track meet with Florida, and it's the Bobrovsky part of it, and there's all these factors with them. Boston's not as good as years past. Maybe this is the slate or... Swayman's going to Sway, be the guy. But, but a lot of pressure just, on What is the recipe for the Leafs beating the, the, the Lightning? Can you guys give me one? No. Neither can I. Like, I can't figure out in my brain what the recipe is for beating no. them because I think they're better at almost every position than the Leafs, other last than, I guess, year, first line center. Last year, I went hard on the Leafs to absolutely walk over Montreal, and I said Same. Th there's always that one where the Leafs just hand it to them on a platter. And that's what has to happen. And, you know, the other guy that uh, is, is on completely on board with you is Daryl Sutter. Oh. He was talk talking about Should have that clip Colorado. Right oh, oh, can God. you still dig it up before we go off air? Yeah, I can figure it yeah. out. Yeah. So Daryl's talking about Colorado and basically saying the same thing. Yeah. Like, uh, unless they hand you the game or the series, this is going to be a complete waste yeah, of time. He's, he's like, I feel bad here. Oh, it's so great. Whoever. I love Daryl Sutter. Do we Absolutely love him. Do we have it? We're getting it. Okay. Yeah. I just put I just put my boy Derek in a horrible nice. spot. No, no, no. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll, I'll deal with it. I turn the mic the off. Derek. I'm like, Derek, do it. <laughs> yeah, it is fantastic. Yeah. The point is the good teams this year are exceptionally good, and Colorado is going to mop up whichever of these teams in the West li li like limps in. We're talking 
Dallas or Winnipeg or Vancouver. Here's the avalanche. You know, I think he called it a waste of eight days. That's what it's going to be. The Congratulations, you made the playoffs. Here's a waste of eight days of your life. They have, a bit, they have some playoff demons, too, though. They're not perfect. Calgary? No. Colorado. 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 Just one more on Daryl Sutter is that he refuses to let anybody get excited about their season Anything, so far. ever. He will not allow it. <laughs> I can't imagine living a life where all you do is like poo-poo any shreds of enjoyment he's, people have. He's, he's, no, no, I love him. I, I mean, I guess no. I love it, but I wouldn't want to be. It sounds like a he suck the life out of you. squeezing everything out of everyone there. I know. And their Labushkin is Good Branson. Yeah, him and Zadorov are... They uh, are so hard... To play against. They are miserable to play against. So they need a D-man, though, because if anyone gets hurt above them, you don't want those guys to step up and play 20 minutes all of a sudden on the second pair, right? Like, I love them in their role. Great third pair position for them. Uh, not exactly a, a guy I want to see either of them playing beside any of their guys. Daryl Sutter's kind of jacked these days. I think he's been shoveling, shoveling a lot of, you know what, he's been at, working the, with at, his the, hands. at the farm. Did he have a, coaching his, his shirt was a little ripped yeah. when he said that. <laughs> Legitimately, you know, he was like, I like the shirt, but he cut the collar, <laughs> gave it a little little tear. <laughs> Guy's a legend. Animal. He, he is a me. legend. So we think Johnny Goudreau's out on the outside looking in when it comes to an MVP, but he will get votes, and he's having an extraordinary year. And We have the clip if we want to play, they, by the way. Yeah, let me just finish my thought. Yeah. They're just, he's hanging out there. Goudreau. With, yeah, with his contract. Well, they're just going to use right. them and let them go. Um, there might be some people a little disappointed in Calgary now, if that's the case. The guys who want Goudreau for their... Well, the fans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, have, have they convinced that uh, his uh, deficiencies in the playoffs are something uh, that will be left behind this season? I'm not convinced. Are you? It just changes so much in the playoffs. Yeah. And he... As talented as he's been, there's less room out there, and he's looked really small in the playoffs the last little while. Yeah. No, that's, that's that, his reality in his... But that's not the case now, this year. Nope. Okay, let's play the clip of uh, Daryl Sutter. Sutter talking about uh, if they if any team faces Colorado, what are their chances? And I, and if you are a wildcard team, I sure as hell don't want to play Colorado in the first round because it's going to be a waste of eight days. <laughs> is that is that Sly Stallone? <laughs> no, Adrian, waste oh. eight days. <laughs> he is awesome. Ever. He is awesome. A waste really of good. eight days. Waste of eight days. <laughs> that may become a versatile clip for us. Actually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh no, that one's living. <laughs> Derek's already filed that one up there with my dinosaur one and yeah. a few others. So we have tons of news and notes. Okay, you want to talk about Ovechkin passing Yager? I guess. Yes. <laughs> you know, a little down. It, it a little is. down. You know, I guess. You know, it's, it is awkward right now with world issues. Um, you know, Ovi having Putin as his Instagram profile still, which we've mentioned several times on this show. Um Yes, he has passed Yager. He scores a lot. Were you su- surprised? And, and Yager made a note of it. He sent out a message, a nice message. Do we have that? Yeah, let's, 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 let's listen to Yager talking about Ovechkin passing him and sitting alone in third on the all-time goal list. Alex, the grade eight. Congratulations. 
Now you become the leading NHL goal scorer among European players. But keep scoring, keep scoring, because as you know, I didn't retire from hockey yet. And there is a chance I might come back to NHL and start chasing you. It's great we had Stallone and Alex. Schwarzenegger on our show. <laughs> it does sound like him, eh? Ovi, come with me if you want to live. <laughs> Get to the chopper. <laughs> come with me now. So, you know, I find it peculiar that Yager made that video being a Czech guy and seeing how Hoshik has felt about Ovi and basically saying Ovi should be kicked out of the NHL, more it's- or less. It is it's so Yeah. It's, you know, like you think they would have similar opinions. I, I'm and, lost of words, and, but I I, I I know exactly what you're saying. And I believe Yager had a tough childhood related to world issues uh and Russia. So uh, it is confusing. And then you shared something today. Yeah, I saw uh, a report. I don't know if it was the New York Times, but they were talking about the tennis player uh, Medvedev. Medvedev. Daniel Medvedev, yeah. Daniel Medvedev, number one player okay, in the world. Okay, can you pull that story up so I don't get it wrong? But the suggestion is that uh, if he doesn't take a, a stance against Putin... Mm-hmm. He will not be allowed to play in Wimbledon. Daniil Medvedev faces um, Wimbledon ban unless he disavows Putin. And it says that um, they will not allow athletes from Russia or Belarus to compete in events in the UK if they uh, re- um, in the UK unless they've received assurances that the individual is not linked to the Russian or Belarusian states or their leaders. So, like linked to Kipper, that to me means like they're asking these guys to cut all ties. Like, yeah, how do you like? But but, but you you only you, you only have access to what you see publicly or or what you've read. But I mean, how can you prove that? How can you? Are they just looking for him to say I support Ukraine here? I don't know. Like, it yeah. sounds pretty dramatic that they're not going to let them participate unless so they this cut. This is the number one player, player in the world. In the world. Yeah. Yeah. You're telling me now he's not eligible to play in the most prestigious tournament? Yes, I am telling you that. And, and what did you say about Chelsea? Chelsea's the you know one yeah. of the biggest soccer clubs in the in the world. What's their story yeah, right well, now? They're owned by Roman Abramovich, who is yeah. a Russian guy, and he's a kajillionaire, and like they have no funds. Like they were talking about having to pay their own way to fly to Middlesbrough to to play a FA Cup game. Like they are. They really had all their stuff frozen. So Europe is obviously taking this, the UK in general, taking this a lot more serious. And it was was something watching Ovi and the celebration from the team. How did that make you guys feel? And in the arena. I'm a little uncomfortable, Sam. Agree. It made me feel a little dirty. I don't know. I just, I see it posted everywhere. Like nothing's happening. You know, all the... Yeah, he breaks it, and it's a huge deal. And I don't want to make it light is. of this, but the imagery, they're like, you know, you think, oh, he's, you know, he's got bombs and just a missile of a shot and just yeah, all no. these, like, war analogies that are just like, man, yeah. this yeah. is kind of tough to celebrate but right now. I, I and, also I also see the side of it, like, he's an athlete, but, like, the Putin stuff, it's just so yeah. hard to, anal- to it have is hard. An analysis It of. is, and you can't just shrug off his accomplishment either. No, you know, you can't. it's an incredible, it's, it's, incredible. It's just not the time to look you at just, it. It's just hard to celebrate it. Yeah, and and so we probably shouldn't now, and we're not. But, but it is. It's a conversation around a crazy now, thing right now. Where do you think the public will be with this stance on the tennis player here? And no idea. We we uh, we know where the NHL lies with the Russian players that they stand, you know, with Ukraine and. Uh, 
and the club stand by the Russian players that they have on their club. Could this change people's minds now? I mean, I'll tell you, I you know, Does this read change an article the today. NHL, their philosophy now, would they ask Ovechkin now to show that he's not supporting him? No, they wouldn't. No. They they wouldn't because they, they know what his stance. He wouldn't do it. And they just do, I don't know, Europe just, like they just do things differently. It's, it's like it just seems like it's more cutthroat in terms of stuff that they say and they they take these stances behind stuff. I don't know. It just seems like a different culture than it is here in the in with NHL. Like it just it feels it would be so out of character yeah. for the NHL to be like do this to if they're still letting them do this now and they're still celebrating whatever. Like they're not going to change it now. Just just let's be clear. What's happening in Ukraine is horrific. Horrible. Horrific. It is sickening, and so. You know, to have supported someone who you can't say you didn't see something like this coming. That's not a claim you can make. So I guess, is it, you know, I Sam asked how it makes me feel. That's the only thing I'm left with is just how it feels, and it doesn't feel right. No. No, we're all in agreement on, on that. Speaking of not feeling right, how about Evander Kane lately? I, <laughs> I, I don't want to take okay. a victory. I, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't. The victory. Well, uh, I want to take a victory. Yeah, we're that. taking a victory here. On because Kane. Guys, 10 talks already. He's a stud. And we had a conversation months ago that there's going to be interest in this guy and he can still help somebody and there's value in that. Yeah. I think you... Oh, I, I was on the other side of that. Yes. Yeah. I I worked hard on that one. You were right. I was wrong. But... You're smart. I'm an idiot. Oh, it could still blow up in their face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, you might not... <laughs> yeah. In the end, I could be vindicated you could be right. Yeah. Can it, though, one year? They're going to be playing in the playoffs. I don't know. I don't yeah, think it can no. Short term, big, short term. Big, he's big. already provided them with everything that they thought that he would, and that's another threat. So hey. how about this, though, Kipper? So he scores ten. Let's score. He scores another. There's twenty games left. Another five, ten, whatever he gets. They go in the playoffs, the first round. He scores a few goals. Now he's a UFA sitting out there, right? He's a free agent after this year. Yes. And what are you going to commit long term? To the guy that everyone's been wary about long term, like I liked him in an audition, you know, you know he's he not the time for him to act up or have an issue. Now you want to give him five times six again or something? That that's a conversation I can't even contemplate right I now. I know, I know. It's, <laughs> that it's is the, right. way might as well be a million years from <laughs> we'll, now. We'll just be Shalgren on Kane. We'll just day to day right now. Uh, but then you watch them play against Detroit. Detroit thought they were the Toronto Maple Leafs and they tried, I think, real hard to win 10-7 last yeah, night. Yeah. <laughs> Gave it a good effort. Koskinen did couple, his best to let him back glove in. Hands. I, I mentioned to Mike McKenna earlier in the show about grabbing someone like Gorgiev and flipping Koskinen the other way. Yeah. Would you rather see that than hold still in Edmonton? I would. I would because I feel like you have a guy who in Gorgiev who has, you know, shown seasons at a young age where maybe he's a legit NHL starter. This season hasn't gone great for him, but we have enough of a track record with Koskinen to know you don't want to trust him over a large sample. Anytime he's kind of handed the ball to be the guy for a long period of time, it doesn't quite take. So, yeah, that would make some sense to me. Maybe that frees up uh, some cap space to do something more too. But, you know, you've heard Holland say, it doesn't seem like they want to do much. I don't think he has a history of overly creative dealings. Yeah. So not a ton there for me.
Speaking of Holland, Peter okay. Holland yes. announced his retirement, former Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, I think he played about 250 games, yeah. 300 games. Sounds right. Um, but he announced his uh, retirement on Twitter. And he spoke a little bit about being a Toronto Maple Leaf and what it meant to him. Uh, yeah, if, if anybody uh, is following uh, Peter Holland or if you're not, uh, yeah, he... He really spoke from the heart, I think, today on his uh, hmm. on his Twitter. And, and he's, I think, he's only thirty one or thirty two. Spent two seasons in the KHL after you know bouncing around after Toronto. But his retirement tweets were actually pretty, you know, pretty flattering to Toronto. And basically, that you know, his interest, his passion for the game fell off a cliff the moment I was traded out of Col- out of Toronto. Ned could never rekindle the spark I had when wearing a Leaf jersey, and you know that. He says it was like his hockey path. It was like destiny for him to wear the blue and white. And once that didn't quite work out, it was harder to stay engaged. And, you know, he played this year in the Swedish league, I think. And, you know, he'd been two years in the K. Yeah. At that point, if, you, if you're you not feeling know. it, you just don't want to do don't it know anymore. When, where your mindset was when you really yeah, knew. Yeah, I was kicking around the minors. I was ready it, to But be it done. doesn't matter. Your minors or whatever, it's just. I knew I was you, you're, you're You're talking about shutting down something that uh you've been doing since you were seven years old right and that's preparing for uh, a hockey season yep but you just know for me i just i just knew i uh, same I, way i didn't uncle, have a day where i was like ah i should be you know i went fighting it out in the i had the injury yeah. but it's like now you you're sitting back and going okay how badly do i want this am i going to go through all of it the training uh the commitment it's like all it's of a sudden, lot. it's work. Yes, it goes from being something fun that you you've been passionate since the moment you played. Yeah, to this is a real job now. Funny you say that because that was the end of uh, of what Holland had to say, where he talks to parents of of hockey players and and he says that you know you don't have to play hockey all the time. Let them decide how much they want to play. Um, he said. If your kids are lucky enough for hockey to become a job, that's great. But I'll pro- yeah. I promise they'll miss the days when it wasn't. Yeah, as far as the pressure on that's the kids, as far as the pressure on the kids to back off and play other sports and stuff, the idiot adults don't let them. Yeah, they don't. They do. They put way too much pressure on them to have it twelve months a year. And that's a whole different um, show. It is. And just before we go, yes. a little breaking news from Elliot Friedman that Thomas Hurdle has an extension of eight years, eight million per. Yeah. I only I don't mind the extension so much as he's not available on deadline. There you go. Day, Another is, one off the he's books. He's a good player. Yeah. He is he's a good, good player. They're working on good player. Him. Good, he's player. A good player. Good player. Uh, Boston Bruins are underdogs against the Wild tonight. Still minus one oh six, but Wild are favorites. Jason Bucala from Sportsnet. Thanks for joining us. Also, Mike McKenna, our goalie guru. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun show today, guys. Always. Wherever you get your podcast, make sure you give us a rating and review on it. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks for joining us. And we're back again tomorrow on Real Kipperborn, Sports Sportsnet 590, The Fan.